Hello there, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. Pull up a seat. We have a fun discussion about Horizon Forbidden West. That's our big focus of this episode. And we have a big giveaway that we're going to talk about in a minute. But I'm joined today by Tab. It's me. Thunderjaw London. Thunderjaw London. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's cool because those things are formidable. I know. Yeah. I I was thinking that or the other one, the, um, the mammoth one. What is it called? Tremor tusk, tremor, tremor tusk. tusk. But I was like, that's have you more offensive? You know, Thunderjaw is yeah. a badass. Yeah, tremor yeah. tusk is a badass too. But it's just like lumbersome. You know what I mean? Lumbersome. That's not even a word. You know what? What's up? Like, How's it going? Okay, okay. How are Hi, you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day here in Iowa. Sixty degrees. Wow. Uh, I know that this is just nature teasing us but it yeah. feels like spring and like my spirits are up i'm like yeah it's spring baby <laughs> it's it's but how are you the same thing where it's like we, we talked about that for the last year i feel like there's been a lot of things where like the first day of fall felt like the first day of fall like a lot of mm-hmm. like perfect timing it's march 2nd and it's yeah. like it's same here it's not 60 degrees here but it's like 48 or something it's like pretty nice so as you said it's a march it feels like march in the sense in that like, it's getting warm. Yeah. But then it's going to feel like March next week that it's going to be back down to like 29 or something. So yeah, we'll probably get like an ice storm or something yeah. wild. So yeah. Midwest marches. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm doing pretty good. I had a really great class today. Again, awesome. I feel like every time you're on, I'm like, yeah, I had a great class. So so you're a good it's luck me. charm. How about you? How have you been doing? I've been doing all right. Um, we are halfway through the semester. Next week is spring break. So I'm yeah. very excited about that just to like chill. It's funny. I've had students ask me like, what are you doing for spring break? And I'm like, absolutely nothing. And they're like, <laughs> oh, and I'm like, no, seriously, like I, I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to do nothing. And it's going to be amazing. Except plans got thwarted slightly. Uh, we're getting a puppy at oh. the tail end of spring break. So we'll be traveling but getting a puppy out of it, so that's cool. So you've been, yeah, you've been mentioning it and like sending pictures the last few days. I didn't even mm-hmm. think to ask. Do you have a name picked out? Yeah. What is it? Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. As in the streamer. I well, I mean, it's I'm not streamer. naming it after the streamer, <laughs> but there is a streamer named Ezekiel the Third. Yes. You, you, don't you like Zeke? Isn't that one of your? I do like Zeke. Yeah. See, hmm? naming it after. But I like the that streamer. name. Okay. Sure. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> is that or naming the dog steam deck because i want one <laughs> yeah we don't have a lot of news to cover this week but that's i mean there there's just been so much that has been released recently i mean obviously horizon yes. elden ring just came out these are two mm-hmm. huge games the steam deck released this week i have a student that was supposed to bring one in today i forgot to ask him about it he wanted to bring it in and show it off and i was like yeah i'd love to get my hands on it and just check it out yeah. Um, I'll load up my Steam library and like I'll load up a hentai game and then, then hand it wow. back to him and be like, okay, okay this is cool. Okay. And he'll be like, oh <laughs> my God, I'm dropping the class. Um, Gran Turismo 7 comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No, Friday. Uh, the Batman. It's been getting really solid reviews, right? Yeah. And that was one of mine. So if you, if, for listeners, if you listen to the fantasy video game draft episode, that was one of mine. I have some, I, have, I had Elden Ring, I had Gran Turismo 7. So I am I'm running high. I'm I'm Were you cheating? I'm not che- I'm I'm how could I cheat? I'm psychic? I I don't know. I'm, I have the I, psychic abilities, but Like how did Paul not get Elden Ring? 
it was the the luck of the draw because we did um we did a random name generator and so okay. we're not name generated random uh selection thing so we put our names in and it picked and i got first pick so oh, then the order okay. was me paul ron ron paul me so i had the benefit of getting the first pick but then they got to pick twice before me gotcha and okay, so i was okay. like elden rings is you just nabbed screaming it. <laughs> yeah i'm like it's a from software game regardless of like the discourse around them those get highly you know oh yeah so i chose right paul was very mad I, paul, very smart. paul got horizon poor so, paul yeah you know stole that out from under me but uh but yeah so as i said we're our focus of this episode is going to be horizon horizon forbidden west a game that we're both currently still playing we both are in yes. love with we've been excited for for a long time mm-hmm. and we have a giveaway so i mentioned last week on the show i've tweeted it out but we have our first official uh, giveaway we're really excited for it so I thought about what to do or what to have you do as a, as you know entry you know to get to get mm-hmm. an entry into the contest. But I don't know how you feel about that. I think we're on the same wavelength. I always get really excited when I hear about a giveaway that's something that I want, and then immediately they're like, "That's all you have to do is follow and re- you know subscribe and retweet right. and all these things." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, man!" And I understand the function of it. You do a giveaway to get hype and to get followers and listeners yeah Yeah. but this is our first giveaway and we're doing this gen like genuinely because number one we do have an extra code but number Mm -hmm. two we're just excited we want to share the game with people so absolutely no hoops to jump through this time we do have other giveaways planned maybe we'll make you jump through a very very small easy hoop later Um, but for this giveaway you just have to email us at pretty pixels podcast at gmail.com no punctuation in there so that's pretty pixels podcast at gmail.com uh, to enter for a chance to win a digital code for the ps5 slash ps4 version of horizon forbidden west we have one spare code and again we're not going to make you jump through any hoops would we love to get a review on your favorite podcast platform or a follow or a subscription sure yeah absolutely but we hate when we get really excited and we have to again jump through hoops so um, you don't have to do that. Just send us an email and say hi. We'll enter you into a random drawing to win uh, this code. I'll use the same basic generic website that we used to determine the order for the video game fantasy draft, which we were just talking about. So I just put the names in the website. Uh, it makes a list and then it just picks from that list at random. I think that's the most fair way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so email, have the email sent by 1159 p.m. Central Standard Time. So basically midnight uh, on March 9th. So midnight between Wednesday and Thursday of next week. Uh, and then we'll announce the winner on next week's episode. So I'll do the drawing that night and we will announce the the winner that Thursday. I'll, I usually have the episodes up the night or the morning after we record them. So probably next Thursday night or Friday morning. Um, also, make sure to include your preferred name so we know who to shout out. I don't want to use your email address, so if I just get an email and it says, "Hey, what's up?" I don't. I'm not going to read your email. So leave your name or your handle, um, your social media handle, if you want me to, to use that. Whatever, whatever you prefer. Uh, one entry per person, please, of course. And we're just excited to give this code away. So we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing game. Like. Yeah. You, you want this code yeah we i had that we got the code just again by accident we we're not we don't get codes that's one thing we should probably be clear about this is not 
coming from Sony or anything. This is actually our code that we purchased, but based on situations, we ended up with an extra one, and we were like, well, like, what are we going to do? It's a digital version, so it's not like we're going to... We don't need two digital copies, so... So, yeah, so we're really excited. So send us an email, prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com, and we will announce the winners next week. So, as I as I said, we don't have a lot of news. We wanted to make sure we talked about Horizon for as much as we could, and we don't have a lot of time. So we're not going to talk too much about recent releases like Steam Deck. I know you had a pre-ordered one, but you're not getting yours until maybe second quarter, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll hear more more about that if you... Because you, you said you're still unsure, like financially you're like well, i don't know if I'll, I'll get it but if you do get it as long as report. i don't get the email this month then i'll i'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'm fully prepared to do like a hands-on this is how it functions how i how it feels that kind of thing right i heard a rumor about switch 2 but it seemed oh, yeah. like an unsubstantiated none of the major sites are picking it up so Oh, okay. I'm not going to. We don't We don't need to talk about it. But um, one of the things I did, the only news item I wanted to talk about briefly was Pokemon Scarlet and Violet were announced for quote unquote late 2022. And there'll be open world. There's video and screenshots out there. So it seems obviously well into development, pretty close to being done. But the reason I bring it up is because of the discourse surrounding it like i saw that and i was like wow discourse yeah (laughs) like if i were a pokemon fan which i've never played a pokemon game and i plan on it trust me like someday i'm gonna do it i buy that's what i I own like three of them i have not played them yeah you too like i feel like one day we should both just we should at the same time pick and then we'll we'll do the things we'll we'll do it on feels like a summer game and we'll trade we'll like go for red we'll meet up yeah. Halfway between <laughs> Iowa and Illinois <laughs> at the border, and then we'll just uh, trade. At the border. What I I but I when I saw that I was thinking if I were a Pokemon fan I'd be like oh what a what a gluttony of like of riches <laughs> you know you get Pokemon Sword and Shield came out recently Pokemon Go still going um, Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus I think it's I think it is mm-hmm. uh, just came out um, you had Pokemon was it Diamond and Pearl. Right, like sh- shining yeah. pearl and dickering diamond. I don't remember something <laughs> brilliant diamond and shining pearl. I think. Ha! Ah, I think that's it. These came like holy shit! Oh, so much Pokemon, and a new one's coming out later this year. I was like, man, Pokemon fans are gonna be excited. And then I went to Twitter. Not a single person said something positive. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I was seeing was people being like, "Take a year off. You need to take some time." Uh, uh what is it called um pokemon studio take a year off challenge like all these things and i'm like take a year off challenge imagine if we said that for call of duty right or madden or something or or fifa or something i don't i don't like gamers are so fickle and Mm -hmm. part of it and we've said this many times we understand that we're probably only seeing the stuff that gets pushed to to the top stuff that people interact with sure i'm sure there's a ton of pokemon fans out there that are like this is amazing what a year you mm-hmm. know what i mean this is our year we're getting all this great stuff but it's still just i'm so shocked and we'll talk about this a little bit with horizon you know the discourse that happens around games sometimes is so confounding people are like it's too much you're giving me too too much pokemon take a year off but then if if you know imagine if it was five years between pokemon games because then people would be like ah oh, you know i 
better example, think about Far Cry and Assassin's Creed or something like that. They take Mm -hmm. two years or three or four years between releases and people are like, this is the same old boring formula. What? Uh, uh, But like I said, we'll talk more about that when we talk about Horizon because I know we both have stuff to say about that. Mm -hmm. What have you been playing other than Horizon? I know you've been playing a ton of Horizon Halo. I've been playing Horizon. Uh... My Halo has slowed down a little bit, as you know, uh, just because of doing my deep dive into Horizon. And then also it's 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 been busy leading up to uh, spring break. So that's that's about it for me. Um, I don't really have anything I new to say about Halo, just still enjoying it. Um, I would like to see at some point some new maps or bringing in some different modes, which I'm sure they're they're planning on. But uh, it's it's been a fun time. Yeah, they they did that big patch recently, and it was supposedly addressing some of the latency issues and some of mm-hmm. the cheating issues. And that I've only played a couple times. I feel like it's better. It's not perfect. Stuff better, still happens where it's like, yeah, yeah, uh, that seemed a little fishy, but. There was a stretch like early on. when you shoot on. a rocket and like it kills you and not the person whose face it whose impacted. Whose <laughs> face it impacted right in front of you. Yeah. 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 Um, there's still some fishy stuff certainly that goes on. Yesterday, Ron, we were playing yesterday and um, I had died and Ron was trying to kill the guy that I was trying to kill, who's I think mm-hmm. his shields were down. And Ron was like one body length away from him. So like five or six feet in real you know, distance. And he shot a rocket that landed right behind the guy who had no shields. And the guy didn't die. And the guy meleeed around and killed him. And I'm like, what? There's no fucking way. Like, his shields were down. You know, uh, you should have just been able to insult his honor and he would have gone down. But no, a rocket exploding two feet behind him, not good enough. So there's still some (laughs) some fishy stuff going on. But but I do feel like it's better. Like, I feel like there was a, a stretch where... I was just constantly like, something's wrong. Like, someone's cheating, or there's lag, or there's latency, or whatever, but not so much anymore. Like, every now and then. But yeah, same thing here. I've been playing a lot of Horizon. Not as much as I had wanted to or planned on, but also some Halo. I did. I I hesitated to bring this up, because I know it's a sensitive topic for you, but I did get the very beautiful purple shiny sparkly armor from the OPI Microsoft oh, crossover. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> you got, I'm gonna got cry a little screwed this. over by the A little? <laughs> <laughs> Doubly, a but you have a lot of nail polish now. I have so. a lot of nail polish so that my go. partner appreciates. So. Yay. I'm going to I'm going to wear some and, and just see what my students think. I think I have at least a few students who I think will be fine with it, but um, I was just looking at a a thread today that was like this kid was being bullied, and so this person was like, you know, link pictures of you know people like everyday people or celebrities or whatever wearing nail polish. There's a shit ton of people, man. There was what what is making me somewhat self conscious is there was that app. Do you remember what it was called? That was like an anonymous yik yak yik yak. Thank you. Yeah, and this was probably like six or seven years ago maybe longer i don't know um when it started to to get popular on college campuses so i downloaded it just out of curiosity and someone said something like does anyone know where i can go and get a manicure i want to go with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. and someone was like wait are you a dude and they were like yeah 
And then a bunch of people were jumping in and being like, why are you getting a manicure? You're going to wear nail polish? If I see you with nail polish on campus, I'm going to, you know, and I, so I was jumping in and this is the thing is I knew better at that point in time. Still, I was, I was mm-hmm. in my thirties. Like I still was like, <laughs> I should have known, but I, I jumped in and I was like, I will wear nail polish, like meet me on campus. You know, I was getting really mad because people were, right. but most people were not defending this guy. And so I'm like, I wonder, and then I see on TikTok even still someone, a dude will wear nail polish in a video and you go to the comments and people are like, why are you wearing nail polish? Why the nail polish? And I'm like, people are it's so fucking like... 2022. <laughs> what the fuck world are you living yeah. in? Who cares? Those people are so insecure. Like that something yeah. like that is threatening to their masculinity right. or like whatever the fuck it is. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's so, so that's part of it is I can, I know if I wear it, not that I care if they're judging me, but, but I'm like, mm-hmm. is it going to be distracting? Are my students going to be like, why is he wearing nail polish? Uh, fuck um, it, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Fuck, fuck it. it. But let's talk about Horizon yeah. Forbidden West. So we should say that we are probably gonna talk it. about. Yeah, we fucking hate it. So if you like it, worst just game. Ever. Check out now because this is gonna be a shit fest. We're just gonna mm-hmm. shit all over this thing. No, we do love it. We loved the first game, and I was thinking about it last night. Like, I don't think we're gonna be able to avoid general spoilers. We're not going to talk about specific spoilers. We're not going to talk about plot points or narrative in detail Mm -hmm. or anything. But I was thinking about like, it's hard to talk around features of the game or even something like the kinds of enemies, like the robot dinosaurs and stuff that you encounter. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something for me. I'm, I'm, I don't like spoilers, even the slightest, you know? So if I were listening to this, I would probably pause this until I got further into the game. But we will try to to avoid, again, most spoilers, but we are going to be talking about specific enemy types, um, maybe some side missions. We'll give spoiler warnings if we're getting too detailed. But but yeah, we're not going to talk about specific spoilers. So if you're like, mm, I don't care, except for story spoilers, you're probably safe. Check the we'll, we'll mention if we're going to mention anything sp- uh, spoiler and there'll be spoiler tags in the, the comments and the um, show notes. But so let's talk about before we get into the game. Mm-hmm. the first game a little bit we're not going to do like a story recap but going into Good, this because uh because i can't do it yeah that's one can't. of the things is like i don't even <laughs> i remember really broad strokes but then they did the the thing in the beginning of of forbidden west where they're like mm-hmm. here was the story and i was like whoa shit that happened like i forgot right, so I much of that? the details what? yeah but what but you we both loved the first game so what did you love about the first game What did I love about the first game? So I should preface this by saying that when I first saw it, I was interested. And then I saw that almost all of the combat was bow and arrow. Yeah. And I was like, this game is not for me. (laughs) So I wasn't particularly hyped. And then the game releases and I see some streamers play. And I'm like, fuck, it looks good. So I, I got into it. I loved the atmosphere i loved the blending of like nature versus technology and like people living amidst machines in this strange world but like i know that it's earth right and i know part of the history right um but having to uncover like how did the world get this way? How did the people get to this point? So I just love the lore. 
and the way that the world was shaped and in part the environmental storytelling, like that stuff to me is pretty awesome. Um, and then I also, I really liked Aloy, like having a, uh, a woman as a protagonist, like that should not be a standout even in 2017. Right. That was when it released. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but it is even today in 2022 because people are stupid. Um, I'll just say it, (laughs) uh, but she was so well-developed, you know what I mean? Like she wasn't just some like token character. She was a, a, a person like, like I felt like if you, if I existed in that world, Aloy was a real character. Aloy was a deep, well-developed character. And a lot of the characters in that game are to that level of detail, I think. Um, and then just going along with her journey, I think I also related with her kind of exploration of herself and trying to come to terms with the revelations that she has over the course of um, Zero Dawn. And then, of course, it's an open world game. So I I, I love open world games. It's like my bread and butter. Uh, and then the I ended up really falling in love with the combat style and the design and the variety of the robotic creatures that you come across like that is unique right you know and i feel like if you combine that with the lore of the game that it's actually a pretty unique uh what's the word i'm looking for premise mm-hmm. um so it felt very different even though much of the game fits very neatly into open world rpg kind of as a genre yeah, I think if you look at the story with broad strokes and you say, and again, we won't even give story, story spo- mm-hmm. spoilers for the first game, but um, if you look at broad strokes for how they dealt with like how the Earth came to be post-apocalyptic and right. how these creatures came to be, you might say, okay, well, it's pretty generic, but there's a lot of layers to it. It's not mm-hmm. simple and straightforward. There's stuff that I think some people might even find too layered or too political, like it's mixing a lot of politics and right. social stuff and science in a really interesting way. I oh, think. no, science. I know. Yeah, there's science in my science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's the thing is, is it is science fiction. Like there's yeah, obviously some fantasy fiction. elements as well, but it does lean into some of those Absolutely. questions about. Well, what if humanity went in this direction? What if we did this to better the planet and somehow that made it worse? How would we like correct for that? And then what implications would that have? So there was some really interesting stuff. I remember, and I think I've said this before, but we watched, I think it was the first E3 that we watched together. We like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're both watching it at the same time and chatting. And when they showed that trailer, I think we were both like, huh, like I didn't know how to take it. I was a little worried. It looked very pretty, but like Mm -hmm. the premise, because the first trailer they showed was like a teaser trailer. So you don't know who this character is, why she's fighting. And it's like robot dinosaurs. I'm like, so you're like a this quote unquote cave person seemingly fighting Mm -hmm. robot dinosaurs. The premise seemed a little silly to me. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. This game looks good, but it's going to go. It's on my radar, but it's like, you know. Yeah. And then when they started showing it more, I was like, damn, it looks really fun. And I, I think this is one of the most beautiful post-apocalyptic games mm-hmm. because, as you said, it's mixing some stuff that's really sad. Seeing, a like, a in the first game, a skyscraper that is not only, like, you know, on its side or, like, slanted and, like, bent and 
mostly destroyed. That's obviously kind of the ugly part of the post-apocalyptic, imagining the mm-hmm. offices going inside of that building and seeing desks and monitors and stuff, just like you might see in like The Last of Us. So you have like that grim part of it, but outside of it, the the world around it is gorgeous. Like it's so beautiful in terms of graphics and environmental atmosphere and lighting and everything. All of this stuff was so beautiful that it's it was such a, a cool mix, I thought, of those two things of like, again, sad. And you read some of these diaries and people know, yes. you know, like that the end is coming and it's like heartbreaking. And then you walk outside and you're like... Ah, what a beautiful day. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's such a pretty game. And then the, the bow and arrow combat, to your point about that, I had the same thing. Like, I love the bow and arrow combat in Tomb Raider, but that's so limited. Most of Tomb Raider is mm-hmm. exploration. And the bow and arrow combat, you only have to do every now and then, and you only have to worry about a handful of enemies. And that's about it. The bow and arrow in this one, in the previews, when they got closer to release... They're showing Aloy rolling around and shooting off components, and it looked so complicated that I remember we had a discussion, and we were both like, hey, I don't think I'm going to do that. Like, You get some kind of spear or something that you can use as a melee weapon. I think we were both like, that's going to be what we do. And then we both ended up... I, I don't in, in the second game, I don't use my spear. I use my spear if I just happen to get close to an enemy. I'll take a swipe. 95% of my combat. On, um, human foes, but... See, even then, I love getting a headshot. Like, Oh, I do. Sometimes I'm too aggressive. <laughs> You're like, ah. That's too, a me problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's too, too, too much time spent on these, these stupid human enemies. Um, but yeah, I, I loved the combat in the first one. That was the main thing. I mean, I love the world, the beauty, and like you said, Aloy as a character. Um, because one of the things about female characters in video games, even now, but but especially through the 90s and early 2000s was when a game or a movie or whatever media you choose was like we're gonna have a strong female character it was usually in one or two archetypes one they would make them very masculine so they'd make them like muscular and like a dude bro and it's like that's you know that's not really what what we're talking about when we say like a strong female character or Mm -hmm. they would make them very womanly but like very sarcastic and they would be constantly commenting on like, wow, you're not like other girls. You're not like other women. And neither of those things really capture, I think, what most people are thinking of when they think of a strong female character. I think Aloy in the first game for me was like she was she was physically strong, but she was decisive. She was intelligent. Um, she was she maintained compassion uh she cared like uh, just a such a combination of and still realistically yeah feminine Absolutely. and i say that acknowledging that feminine can be many different things right but when i say that i mean it's not falling into the two stereotypes that you just mentioned right because one of the complaints even in the first game was that she's quote-unquote ugly which i find fucking that ridiculous so uh, <laughs> like tell me you're a toxic gamer without telling me that you're right. a toxic gamer well especially because like, like so are you attracted to the male characters that you play you know <laughs> like does it matter for them are all the male characters you play quote-unquote attractive no mm-hmm. because we don't require them to be but for some reason well i know guy characters... would be like yeah i'm attracted to fucking drake or whatever yeah. like <laughs> I'm attracted to Master Chief. He probably has great skin under that (laughs) helmet. 
But no, she was very realistic in a number of ways, and they didn't make it a point to constantly reference that. So it was just a right. part of the world, a part of her character. And yeah, so I loved I loved the first game. So then going into the second game, what were your expectations? Like what were you were you trying to avoid a lot of information? Were you like super hyped? So I was hyped, but come still living through these pandemic times, very accustomed to games being delayed. Right. Games seemingly forever delayed. <laughs> thinking Cyber- of that cyberpunk but also <laughs> skull and bones <clears throat> oh um <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh but also like it might come yeah so might starfield um i'm kidding <laughs> paul has that <laughs> one <It> better <laughs> and <laughs> Ron has that one was bones. delayed <laughs> oh my god no yeah when he <laughs> picked it why would you pick that right he when we when he picked it paul literally literally said like I was going to give that to someone as like the the final like yeah. fu like I was going to give I was going to use that as like a a negative but Ron Ron is like oh, Ron. Ron takes some chances Ron has a really risky well risky it might thing, pay off yeah it could pay it off might too. not <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways I was very excited however in the months leading like I pretty much didn't pay any attention. When they released the first, like, what was it, like, gameplay trailer? Mm-hmm. I did, like, we watched something together. I can't remember what event it was for. I think the State oh, of Play. was it? State of Play? Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, that's gorgeous. That's amazing. And, like, there was a little buzz, you know, mm-hmm. for a while. And then I just kind of, like, I, I let it sit because I didn't, like, I've been burned by hype before. I've learned my lesson. And, like, I figured, like, this is going to be a solid game. I don't need to like oversell it to myself or to anyone else. So then as we get closer to release, I checked out a couple of other like videos that, that Gorilla put out or, or Sony. Um, but I was like, okay, cool. You know, um, because I was very convinced that it was going to be at least as good as the previous game. Um, and I know some people, I had a little bit of pushback from some people, um, and I was like, I, I have zero reason to believe that this game won't be solid. Right. It might not be perfect, but it's going to be solid. And I feel, I feel very vindicated that the game is exactly that. Right. Um, so yes, I was excited, but I think the older I get, the better I am at like having measured excitement and knowing when to be really excited and when to be hyped and like having like a period of like, okay, come back down and then right. wait for the thing to actually release, you know? Yeah. Same here. I, I was even hesitant to watch that state of play because they said they were going to show it was like seven mm-hmm. minutes or something. It was a, a mm-hmm. pretty big chunk. And I was a little bit like, I already know I'm going to play it. So, which is yeah. very different than when I was younger where I wanted to know everything. I would read everything. every article. Yeah. But like you said, so much of that is spin, is is marketing. And so they they want to paint the game in as good a light as they can. And then, of course, fans want it to be great. So they pile on top of that and start right. making predictions and, just, you know, making right. the game into something that it can't. And I was already sold. So why right. invest further? Like, yeah. you know, I... I, I bought the collector's edition. I was I had it downloaded digitally because I'm a fool, so I could play it as soon as it came out. Like I knew, you know, like it was all set up. So 
Um, I did look at like review scores because I was curious mostly about the discourse, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're ready for that, but (laughs) I was not like bothered or, or like, how do I want to put this? The, the, the reviews that I saw that we might get into had no impact on how I went into the game because a lot of the quote unquote negative stuff was predictable. Yeah. Like, sorry, games journalists, but like, there's a pattern with games like these. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially with unfair comparisons, which I know we're we're yes. both really mm-hmm. invested in. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I was the same way. I was super excited. Um, the collector's edition, interestingly, I forgot to send you a screenshot. It is this huge box. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But somewhere on the external box, there was a date that was like July of 2021. And then there was, of course, a sticker that said, do not sell until the release date. And it had, you know, February, whatever it was that it released. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was almost like, because the game was intended to come out last year, I wonder Mm -hmm. if the collector's edition, because it only comes with a digital code and not the actual physical disc, has been sitting somewhere. It probably has been. <laughs> That's amazing. That's weird to think about. Yeah. But yeah, I it comes with a, a tremor tusk, a, a massive fucking tremor tusk. It's so huge. It's like the size of my cat, which my cat is not a big cat, granted, but like it's huge. <laughs> it's really cool. Um. So what do you, so what do you love about it? So well, actually, before we get to that, let's yeah. talk about where we're at because we did not yes. get advanced copies of the game. Of course, oh. we're not. Again, we're not that privileged we're a little we're a little tiny little baby podcast um <laughs> Two babies and and we both have jobs you have a yeah. full-time teaching job i have a part-time teaching job and i'm in grad school so like we have stuff going on yeah. um but you finished the game right yes so i have completed the story i am currently at exactly 60 hours in oh shit and i have 68 percent trophy completion and i am going for platinum yeah, same. I have not finished the main story. I was going to try to push, but I didn't want to rush it too much. But I think mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm, I mean, you can probably tell me, I think I'm, if I had to guess around 60% completion, maybe 70% with the story, I have two of the subordinate functions completed. Yeah, your 60? estimate sounds about right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I've done 11 main quests. I'm at, according to the game completion, so like you said, I am going for 100% platinum. I'm only at 30%. So I feel like I'm pretty far in the story, but there's so many things that you can do in this game. There's so yeah. many camps and things that you can and explore. You don't I'm pretty sure you don't need 100% completion for platinum. I think right. you just need 50. Oh, wow. I I think. Yeah. I'm I pretty mean, sure I saw that number somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised. We saw a tweet the day before the game came out someone had gotten i think it was a streamer had gotten an advanced copy and he said he platinumed it within 24 hours so he must have just played straight or something like that but he said it was as fast as platinum or two days i think it was two days he platinumed two it in days. two days okay yeah and i was like shit you know but <laughs> but but streamers i mean that number one that's their job but they literally with these new games will play 12 14 plus hours some of them day, yeah so mm-hmm. Um, or more. There's plenty Not of them. Necessarily healthy. Let's Not healthy. Note. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it can be fun. Um, <laughs> For viewers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so that's where we're at. So I guess let's just jump right in. So what are your thoughts okay. overall? Like, what do you what are you loving? Let's start with let's start with the positive. What do you what are you loving about the game? Yeah. So I once again, just like with the first one, I love the characters. They are well developed. They are fleshed out. In the first, like, I don't know, eight to ten hours of my playing the game, I kept turning to my partner Tirza and being like, I could meet this person in the real world. Like yeah. that I could like I could have a conversation with this person. And I, maybe for some people that doesn't mean much, but like let's be honest objectively in a lot of open world games even today there are so many characters that are lifeless yeah right and of course there are uh npcs that are wandering around that don't have much to say right but the characters that you have extended dialogue with they all feel real and the other thing is like it's not just how they look, which is amazing. I've taken, I haven't checked probably hundreds of, of hundreds. screenshots. And I'm so amazed by the detail in all of these characters. Like, I'm sorry, but if like, <laughs> I'm gonna throw Bethesda here for a second. If Starfield comes out and it's still the like stiff, janky NPCs, like Jesus Christ, update your shit. Because like, I swear you can see the chest hair on on dudes in the game and you can see pores and there's like they little imperfections yeah and it's not like the like fake like oh it's too real Mm -hmm. but it looks real it looks accurate and they all look so individual and then add on top of that the voice acting i i don't know that i ran into a character where i ever went ooh right it all felt the same quality which i thought was good um so you you put all that stuff together like that makes that makes for an incredible experience i think or the basis for an incredible experience um i think that the story this time around is more coherent than the last one and that's i mean if you look at critical response there were uh, a number of comments about um zero dawn's story being like too layered right or right. really hard to follow convoluted, like convoluted yeah. and what yeah yeah this one i think is is more straightforward and coherent although i still think gorilla could work a little bit more really like fine-tuning but we see growth between the games yeah. so that that's that's good um alloy still love alloy like i love when she's snarky and fiery and fierce and unapologetically so. And there are moments where maybe she's kind of sort of put in her place, but she's not like, she's all of those things that I just mentioned, but she's not an asshole. Because right, like, she's determined. Justified. She has a reason. It's justified. Right, yeah. Um, and so you, I feel like only stupid gamer boys would be <laughs> upset at Aloy. Right. Right. Because, again, if you look narratively at her journey, the way that she acts and behaves and the way that she believes is justified. Right. Like it fits within the world. It fits within the narrative. And one of the things that you've been um, telling me when when you leave like your nightly like, here's what I did in Horizon today. Uh, You've mentioned that there are times where Aloy is like dismissive of other characters beliefs in the Mm -hmm. game. That's true but it fits with her character. Like it doesn't feel like the developer is saying religion bad. No, Aloy coming out of this context, having been fooled, having been treated as an outcast, having been othered 
it makes sense for her to be skeptical. And for me, I fucking relate. (laughs) Yeah. And so because it's genuine, it has that genuine quality. It just, it works. Um, So I think that like all the, the main like NPCs that you deal with, great, Aloy, excellent. The overall story, pretty good. Um, I also love that they continue to, I think, master this clash between the natural world and like stuff that's been made by humans and seeing like humanity's failure in that and also like humanity's um overconfidence right because again there's that environmental storytelling and when you see like fucking skyscrapers that have been taken over right yeah like it it's showing like the hubris of quote-unquote civilization and of intelligent people right um i know that some people well we'll stay with we'll stay with positives uh I think that the story is particularly strong in like the middle and at the end. Um, Obviously there's this like pull of like, this is a time sensitive kind of story. And I know we've talked before about like big open world games where like, uh, I'm trying to think of, of a recent one we've talked about. I mean, a bit with like cyberpunk, like you're, yeah, Valhalla. Um, but like, you're supposed to care, but like, oh, but I want to go to this checkpoint and this checkpoint and this checkpoint. Right. Um, I think that that's always going to be a, an issue. I won't necessarily say a problem with open world games, but I felt like with this one, it made sense that Aloy would, um, do these side quests and help these people because that's very much in line with like who she is. And of course there are moments where she's like, I don't want to do this thing. But she does it anyway. Right. right? <laughs> and that's what makes her endearing, you know? Um, but yeah, I think character story, environmental storytelling, the world, um, the music. Uh-huh. There were so many times where I was like, wait, wait. And I'd like make tears of like, shh, shh. <laughs> I would just listen to the music in the background. And it was so fitting. Like, right. it, I really love the music. Um, for me, it was the complete package combat excellent again um it feels so satisfying getting headshots with the bow um of course they've expanded there's more things that you can do and different like upgrades that you can make and stuff like that and of course you have like your spear and you can do like overrides and stuff uh the creatures are incredible um there's something that I can't mention because you're not at the end of the game yet Damn it. but like there's fun stuff man like it's a it's a fun game you know yeah. And it's fun while still having some serious moments and some touching moments. Uh so for me, I don't give games like a t- my own personal 10 out of 10 lightly, but for me it's a 10 out of 10. Right. There are issues and we'll talk about that once you've shared, you know, what you love about it, but well, I want to I want to dive into some of the stuff that you were talking about yeah. and use that as a springboard for for some of the things that I liked as well. So Aloy, like you said, is such a good character. And so I what I love about the presentation of this game is that it's super multifaceted because, like you said, it's not just about, well, the voice acting is really good or the modeling mm-hmm. is really good or anything like that or the writing is really good. They all work together so well. Like I feel like the team that made this game must be a really cohesive, well, mm-hmm. like they work, they just work well together because something that you mentioned sp- uh, sparked something for me where 
you said Aloy doesn't always want to do these missions, but she does. Mm-hmm. Well, if you choose to, you don't have to. You could be like, no, I can sure. tell Aloy doesn't want to do it. You could play Aloy as like the mm-hmm. no nonsense, got to get my fucking job done, save the world <laughs> kind of character. But you don't have to. But I love that there are instances where she does. Like I was just thinking about this last night because this character came over to me and was like explaining this problem. And I was kind of expecting Aloy to give the, uh, I guess I'll look into it. But no, mm-hmm. she was like, this is serious. We need to take care of this. Like, this is an issue, you know? But then other ones, someone will be like, ah, my brother's a drunk asshole or something. And she's like, ah, where is he? Like, <laughs> there are the way that she responds to the request for help is different almost every time. And you mm-hmm. don't normally get that. You know what I mean? Like, with your characters, it's almost, you know, just thinking of, like you said, other open world games, they usually have their their same sort of tone to their response of, like, I'll look into it or, yeah. uh, oh, well, that's important to me. I'll get to it. You know, let me let me go hurry because it's it's not one note. I'm not trying to be too derisive toward these other games, but mm-hmm. um, I've noticed it more with Aloy than any other character where she has, again, her own set of values that, I, that even I don't yes. have as a player. I can project my, and I do, I project my identity onto her in some way. I, every player does. But she's still her. I might make her go do the the, the mission that she doesn't really want to do, um, and and that still fits within her character because she's doing it reluctantly. But I don't have to. She'll she bring be. the snark to it, right? You exactly. Know? She's like, like, "Fine, I'll do it because you're making me." Right. But I'm not gonna like it. Yeah, this is a kind of a waste of time. Like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. help this person out. Um, but the other thing is, when you were talking about like the the character models, I totally agree. And and there's a few things I want to say. Number one, I think the art of video game acting has come a long way. People made such mm-hmm. a big deal last year about Maggie Robertson's performance as Lady D in Resident Evil Village because they realized, I think for some people for the first time, how important the physicality of the actors are and the nuance with which a good voice performance brings to the character they did Uh the same thing with god of war with yeah uh, kratos and um his name is thank you atreus like they looked at the behind the scenes stuff like that and they were like wow like that's part of what made that game great is the acting and the physicality of it and i really feel like the art of that part of video game making has come so far because like you said with games again i love bethesda games i am getting starfield day one. Oh yeah yeah you know no no question but they and even bioware known for characters being relatively stiff you know mm-hmm. even oh god what was the um the one the fallout like that came out uh outer outer, outer worlds world. yep yeah outer worlds yeah same thing there very stiff character stiff movement um and that was the norm and no one's blaming them for that in part, mm-hmm. that was like how things were made. There were restrictions with technology and everything. But now, with video games being motion capture and all that, yes. it brings so much more because the characters, like you said, have have imperfections on their skin and their appearance and their voice work is all very specific and detailed and awesome. But one of the things I noticed is gestures even. How mm-hmm. they move when they're talking. I was talking to 
a chaplain whose name I'm forgetting. She's an older woman. She has like a gray, like a silver faux hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, I was like, I feel like I could talk to this person in real life. Like I might have talked to this person in real life. The way that she was moving when she was talking and using her hands, they don't just have pre-rendered motion for here's what an NPC is doing while they're talking. They're not just doing... She was moving and using her shoulders and her hands and her head she would like tilt her head a certain way when she was saying something that was like questioning me you know what i mean it was so specific to that character and i was like that's so amazing and i do think that there are other games that do that but i i feel like this game is such a great example of how again voice acting character modeling um and then physical acting are all coming together to make Mm -hmm. something that's super unique but one of the things that I, I do think about that too, though, is that so much of what I loved about this game existed in the first game. Not all mm-hmm. of it, and I think they've gotten better at it. But yes. a lot of the discourse, and well, I, I don't mean to jump there <laughs> just yet, but like a lot of the discourse in this game uh, around this game is in surprise of some of these things. Oh my god, the people look like people. I'm like, they looked real. They looked like that in the first game. You know what I mean? It's gotten better, yes. Um, but they use the same thing. And I, and one of the things I thought I saw someone pointing out, which I know one of the things you want to talk about is diversity. They Someone was pointing out how people of color look like people of color and not like caricatures. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be because they do facial scans. Like these are real right. people. Yeah, yeah. And it's so impressive um, because some of them, I don't think there are very many repeats. There is one character who I think I'm pretty sure they used him a couple of times. He has like green eyes, dark skin. He's young looking. And mm. the two characters that look almost identical have different hair. So I'm like, wow, you can really get, you can kind of get away with like, if you look generic enough, we can use you for a few NPCs. But um, <laughs> you'll have to send me a screenshot. I'm not sure which uh, you're referring to. But... It's it's his eyes that stood out to me because they're so okay. green. I was like, wow, like this guy's a handsome dude. And then he came up again and I'm like, that's not you. That's not the... <laughs> I might, might, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken, but it really looked like the same dude. But, um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, there's dozens or hundreds of people in this and they all look like real people because I think most of them are, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just so amazing in terms of graphics, the combat. Let's, let's talk about that. What did you, Yeah. there's more to it, right? Like you're still doing yeah. bow and arrow combat. You can still use different kinds of bows and different what do they call them gadgets or something like there's Mm -hmm. a trap slinger i can't i'm forgetting the names but (laughs) you can like shoot down little trip wires Mm -hmm. you have like a bomb launcher you can launch sticky grenades and stuff like that did you play this game in the same way that you played the first one or did anything change for the most part um i usually stuck to like one of the um blue or purple like hunter bows and that was like my go-to um and i got one that has like three different because they're like within it'll be like different ammo types right Right. um and there's one that i'm still trying to hunt down because it has like i think acid and fire and like something else Uh but the one i'm currently using um oh man i wish i could remember the name of it but it has like a precision arrow and then like a normal arrow and i'm forgetting what the third option is uh but just being able to switch between like multiple weapon types and different kinds of bows so like i was just going against um what are the big birds called are are they the storm birds or is that something else uh 
big the birds. really big ones. Oh, those are <sighs> they're not sky drifters. Oh, glint hawks, right? Glint hawks. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, but I saw one and I was like, damn, this is going to be hard, like where I was positioned. So I pulled out like, uh, the bow that has, um, like the shock value to it. And so I shot a couple of those and the bird like falls. <laughs> so then I went in for my critical strike and I had to do that a couple of times, but I think it, they made it a little bit easier to kind of like, um, change your strategy and mix things up and like having bolt casters and things like that. Uh, but I did still find myself relying on like just like really good, like hunter bow. Um, if that, I think that's what it's called. Uh, but like if I was dealing with certain kinds of enemies, I would throw down like the, um, uh, what's, what's the line called? You have to do the two points. Yeah. The, the trip caster, um, and things like that. So. Yeah. I, find myself using those gadgets less a lot less mm -hmm. in this game in the first game i used them a lot so i would set those trip wires up ahead of time you can set up little basically mines um mm -hmm. with like you know different elemental damage and things like that and the game keeps trying to remind me too, like use elemental <laughs> damage if it's a fire right. use and i'm like no i don't care i'm just using arrows like <laughs> I'm so concerned in part with because I played the game, the first game so much with knocking off components mm -hmm. that that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to get a quick kill. Sometimes right. I don't even know what I want from it. I'm just like, you just want the stuff. Just give me the fucking, <laughs> I see something shiny on your back. I'm going for it. Um, and one of the things I don't remember in the first game, could you highlight specific components? I don't think you could, right? Because in this one, you can, when you mark an enemy, you can mm -hmm. actually highlight, so you can look at the different components that are on it. Right. And if you're like, well, I need a Thunderjaw tail for my weapon, you can highlight the tail and the tail will be a specific color. So you can, you know, you I need to shoot I don't know it. if you could. I don't think you could. I don't remember huh. doing that. It's so useful. Yeah, yeah. So It's so useful. It feels like natural that it would be there, but I right. can't remember um if, if it wasn't that's a nice little like quality of life thing absolutely yeah because i think i remember having to look at the dinosaur in the menu and be like oh so this is where the regulator is that i need to shoot and now i don't have to do that but now i don't even know if i, I again sometimes i don't even know if i need anything so i don't know to highlight anything i'm just like that looks like it could be useful that looks like it could do damage because there's different mm -hmm. components like each like the different components do different things if you blow up one component it might burst and do a bunch of elemental damage to the the, right. the dinosaur um, if you knock off one it could remove an offensive component so you might remove like a cannon or something or a tail that it uses as a weapon for some of them you're not necessarily taking anything away or hurting it but you can collect that thing and use it in crafting mm -hmm. weapons and armor so i am still just in love with the combat i love getting in these big epic fights that take five or ten minutes to to beat a lot of times I find myself out of my element because yeah. I'm level like when I was level 17, I'm like, I feel pretty good. I'm pretty confident. I'm doing really good. And then you run into like a level 40 Glinthawk or something. <laughs> and you're like, how the fuck did I end up here? But you're, you're too stubborn <laughs> to run away. And so it took me like 20 minutes to beat this fucking Glinthawk. Um, but I did it. And I, I had this the first time I ran out of arrows because <laughs> like with with health and with uh, el uh with arrows and like weapons 
you have materials that you pick up in the environment, sticks and things like that. And once you get past a certain point, it goes to your stash. And your stash you can access from a chest at a base camp or something. You don't have immediate access to it, though. And for the longest time, I'm like, who cares if you, you know, I never need these things until you get into one of those fights and you run out of berries, medical berries or Mm -hmm. whatever. And you're like rolling around the screen like, where's those blue plants? I need the blue plants. But Um, it is nice that you can pull from your inventory. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But only so much. You can only do that like once or twice and then Mm -hmm. you're out and you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm holding the button. It's like, I know I got a thousand (laughs) berries. (laughs) But then when you beat it, though, like you feel this sense and this must be I have not played a Souls game. Paul keeps telling me (laughs) to do it. I have Demon Souls. I'll play it at some point. Um, But this must be that that feeling that those players have or players who play Monster Hunter and you go after this big enemy, this big monster um, and it takes you 20 minutes. It's how I felt in Final Fantasy 15 on some of the hunts. Like, I, you know, it's just so thrilling to to walk away from a fight like that. Right. Knowing that you probably shouldn't have won, but somehow <laughs> you, you pulled it off. Yeah. What was your favorite dinosaur? Do you have one? Well, uh, do you- Put you on the spot. Have, no, have you have you seen <laughs> oh, all of the dinosaurs that, okay. that were shown in footage? I think so. Um, I'm not positive. The ones that I have seen, I wrote down because I'm a nerd. I've seen most of them. I think there's only like two or three okay. I've seen. But I've seen like the standard ones, Grazer, Burrower. A lot of these are from the first game, Scrounger. Uh, Leaplasher, right. which is like a kangaroo, which is new yeah. to this game, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, scrapper spike snout which i don't remember which is that the uh rhino one like a rhino rhinoceros kind of one i think so a uh, sky drifter which is a flying one plow horn uh charger lancehorn long leg bristleback fanghorn wide maw claw strider glint hawk shell walker stalker Grimhorn, ravager snap maw snap maw that's the giant oh no 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 shell snapper is the giant snapping turtle right yes that's my favorite okay that's yeah (laughs) i saw that Um, i was waiting (laughs) the grim they're so aggressive and in your face yeah and you're like dad the guy he's like a big guy but he should be a little slow oh no no he's he's fast (laughs) and he's deadly he um yeah Yeah. i got in a fight with a couple of those and they've almost killed me both times because like (laughs) one hit will take off like 90 percent of your health depending on your level yeah um depending and, at your level and it's so funny joey's down like, here level 10 <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah it like bumps into me on accident and i'm like oh i'm, I'm almost dead it's like i didn't see you there little fella but i love animals in real life and so seeing these like s- these detailed one of the things that's so impressive to me about this game graphically is not just the resolution and that everything looks crisp and, and all mm-hmm. that it's the design part of it it's how many components these dinosaurs have how many little parts you know what i mean like getting mm-hmm. up close there's so many little parts to them and not even just the dinosaurs like when you go into a cauldron or something yeah so much detail in the environment and it really feels well crafted or handcrafted let me ask you how many of the tall necks have you completed i've completed two and there's one that I don't think I can complete. There's like no way for me to get up to it. Can you qu- like quickly describe the two that you've completed? One of them is the very first one 
that sure. the story brings you to, and it's kind of in a deserty type area. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I can't get up on is in a really deserty area where there's nothing around it. Yep. And Aloy kept being like, I can't get up there. I can't get up there. So I was like, I'm mm-hmm. probably not meant to get up there then. And it was confusing, though, because they don't tell you that. They keep hinting. When you look at the map, there's a little lock next to it. So I know yes. I can't. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I just ran across because I, I blitzed really deep into the map to do the third um, subordinate main quest so that mm-hmm. I could get the ability to destroy the metal flowers. Yes. And there was one that I ran across that was in what I called a Kashyyyk area. There was a bunch of tall trees. And a bunch yeah. of like huts up in the trees. And, and were there like out. the stalking cat things? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Annoying. There's when you mentioned like the different um, details with the locations, there, there's one that there's a tall neck that's very interesting, but you haven't gotten to it yet. Mm, so. Okay. Yeah. But I thought it was fun. Well, tall necks are also one of your favorites, right? Those are my absolute favorites. Like yeah. I think when I get a tattoo that I want it to be a tall neck. Um, I'm also going to be buying the Tall Neck Lego set when that comes out in April. Or is it May? I can't remember. Um, But I'm very excited. (laughs) They're so cool. They're so beautiful and elegant. Um, I also love, is it the Grimhorn? Is that the Triceratops one? The one that plows the fields? Grimhorn. Is it the Grimhorn or the Fanghorn? I think it's the Grimhorn. I, I think it's grimhorn yeah it's so i mean part of it is that it's docile and so it's just doing its work plowing the fields sowing some seeds and you can just walk up to it and or is it the plow horn oh that's my that might be what i'm thinking of it's yeah. one of those yeah maybe the grimhorn Th- is like their variations aggressive so. version yeah yeah but yeah i i mean of course i love the thunderjaw because i love t-rexes in real life but and it's very intimidating and very badass. And I fought my first one just yesterday. But um, but no, I love the the plow horn or the grim horn or whatever it is. It's just so gentle and sweet, really, they're all baby. cute. And I would love to have little miniatures. <laughs> yeah, like even the birds. The birds are really fucking deadly. Yeah. But like, I love the way that they have these different attacks and the ones where they like they kick out their feet. Yeah. Like they're trying to grab you. Ah, oh, man, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love the dinosaurs in this again. I love the lighting. So one of the things I loved about the first game, and I, I said this, like the, the environmental atmosphere, the way that the lighting, like there have been times where I'm up on a ridge looking down over some enemies and trying to get like the lay of the land. And suddenly things are just red. Like the world is like red. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look and it's the sun. The sun is like setting yep. over the mountain. And so just like in real life, there's a short period where everything is like orange and red and all these colors. And just like in the first game, they do such a good job of and other games, Assassin's Creed have done this as well, of having an atmosphere that feels real. Like yes. there's not just particulates because there's all kinds of little floaty particulates. There's and bugs bugs one of the little details yeah one of the little details that that i was going to mention was there are like there's a so a lot of this game takes place in like quote unquote the desert but of course there's two different kinds of desert there's like the stone-based desert where there's sand but it's mostly like stone and rock and then there's the like soft sand desert where there's like dunes and the sand is really soft there are cactuses there and around the cactuses there's little blue butterflies 
Mm-hmm. And there's like, they're nowhere else. They're just around these little cactuses. And I'm like, someone thought of that. Someone thought like, well, in real life, cactuses have flowers and flowers attract certain bugs. Well, depending on the region you're in, the birds change. Yeah. And the, the butterflies too, because there's butterflies mm-hmm. earlier on. They're just different butterflies because they're around different plants. Like, yeah. Ah, that's so cool. Yeah. I accidentally killed a scorpion, apparently. I didn't know it. But oh. I have a, I have like a crushed scorpion in my inventory. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But I do I do regret, you know, that they they do make you kill animals. I know Paul similarly doesn't like killing animals in games. So he was hesitant to play the first game mm-hmm. until we were like, don't worry, it's you know, it's all robot creatures. I forgot that you do need to kill animals to upgrade your pouches. And I'm like, why you do. not, man? There's synthetic stuff you can use. <laughs> and every time I do it, I say sorry, you know? Because it's not like in Far Cry where they're trying to attack you and kill you. And you're yeah, like, Yeah, they're all pretty like, to kill just, me. they're passive. They're existing. Right. They're running away. So every single time I'm like, I'm sorry, boop. And then I shoot the, the ram or whatever it is. So I agree with a lot of what you were saying about the characters. I love that they're... They seem so well developed. The conversation seems so realistic. What about side missions? Do you have any like favorite side missions? And we should say maybe slight spoiler alert for um, side missions if you're concerned about that. Well, fuck. I I don't think I can tell you my favorite side mission. Is yet. it later in the game? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What I will say generally speaking is that the side missions are so unique. And yes, they, they, you can lump them into various categories of like, oh, this is a fetch quest, right? Like, right. oh, I got to go save someone. Um, but because the characters are unique, I don't feel like I'm doing, oh, this is my 12th fetch quest, right? Mm-hmm. Like they take you to different places. You do different things. You interact with different people. Um, some of them are characters that are not getting along and they're bickering um one's like a fucking asshole you know like there's there's just so much life in the side quests and i have to say that i really am liking the direction that side quests are going in video games period right we're instead of going for here's hundreds of side quests where you will start to forget the last 50 that you did they're much more memorable and punchy and the game doesn't throw hundreds at you yeah i like that i prefer that model i do i i never minded the number because i if i like a game i will do well, 100 of them i i don't mean like but I, I, no, I know what you mean, like the generic the issue right yeah it's yeah. that if you're doing 130 of them are the same you know yeah and i think like you said even fetch quests because i used to get sort of annoyed when people would say that because like the vast majority of side missions are some form of a fetch quest go somewhere yeah. and get something and there are obstacles yeah. in your way talk to someone and get information right but i will say that that yeah like they're more sophisticated now so they, they might still be a fetch quest but they're not and i think the telltale sign back in the day was that they there would be a number and the whole there wasn't any uh, you know anything blocking you from getting those things it was like you literally just had to get 12 of something so it would be like mm-hmm. i need to make this soup i need 12 turnips and in mmos at least in terms of game design that was meant to get you familiar with an area so there was a purpose for it still yeah but what they realized was that people weren't people didn't need that people were going to those areas anyway because they were interested and exploring and everything so you know yes game you know side quests can have have you explore an area but that should come 
second to the other thing. And we were we were talking something about that yesterday, weren't we? Oh no, it was that I was talking about with that with Paul. How and we were talking about Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red in general because they are noted for making having good side quests. But we were talking about how side quests in the past started with gameplay and then the narrative was laid on top so it was like what do we want players to do we want players to go to a new area and and get familiarized with it so how do we come up how do we contrive some story to get them in that area or how do we contrive a story to have them use this function you know an an in or something like that to introduce Uh some element of the game but with cd project red and i would argue even guerrilla games in this game as well they sort of reverse engineer it and they think of what's an interesting story and then how do we fit gameplay within that? Mm-hmm. And I, my, my favorite side quest, so slight spoiler, check the show notes if you want to not, you know, I'm not going to go into details, but there's a mission in Plainsong. Uh, and Plainsong is one of the villages you get to where a wife goes missing. She was a politically active um can't remember the word they use it not dissident but like she Mm -hmm. did not really agree with what the council was doing in that village and she was noted for her political beliefs and so she went to go perform some ritual that was you know not practiced very often anymore and she went missing and her husband was trying to plead to the council like you know i think the search you know search party gave up too quickly please you know go back out and they were like no of course not no she's dead and so then Aloy is like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go look. And so then you go out and of course, and if you've played open world games again, this is not particularly new. There's some revisited tropes, but like you find that oh, she didn't die like from climbing or from getting killed by a dinosaur. She, she was, was murdered. <laughs> and I love that, man. So it's like a detective mission because then you have to find out who the who the killer is. And yes. then what you find out. And again, you know what? I'm not going to spoil the end, but you go back. With the what findings. are the ramifications of it, and right? And what are the ramifications, yeah. yeah and that was So great. I think they thought of more, what would be an interesting story for you to do? A little mini, like, short story kind of thing. And then, you know, how do we get you to do that? And, you know, they had stuff like that. So I, yeah, I, I love it in general. Do we want to, I know we don't have a lot of, like, big complaints, but do we want to talk about some things that might have bothered us? I have one thing that bothers me Aloy ah yeah fuck fuck (laughs) no I don't know if it's just me (laughs) (laughs) I get stuck on shit climbing I'll be fighting oh and I'll be dodging and rolling and sometimes I'll get stuck um I this was not during combat at one point I like jumped off of like a ledge and I landed between some like debris and I was stuck for a bit. So I had to like Hmm. hop, hop, roll, roll, move, move. You know what I mean? So there's a couple of times, mostly it's noticeable in combat where I will get like stuck on stuff. And I feel like sometimes that like interferes, Hmm. but it doesn't happen where it's like game breaking or like I lose progress. It's just like, it's like a little hiccup. And I'm like, you know, because I'm like in in the midst of like fighting this Glenhawk or whatever. Right. Um, so that's something that uh, on occasion pops up. And then the other thing is, okay, I do not care 
that you cannot climb on everything. Right. I do not need that in my games. Was it kind of fun in Breath of the Wild? Yes. Was it necessary? No. Sorry. Don't mean to offend anyone. <laughs> but here's the thing. Sometimes you'll look at a rock face, right? And you hit the button and it'll show you the yellow lines. And you're like, that makes sense. I should be able to hop up and climb that. Mm-hmm. Go over to another rock face and I won't hit the button. And I'm like, well, this looks like the thing over there. So I presumably can climb up and you can't. Right. I almost wish there was a better way to be consistent with like the geography of Mm -hmm. like, I can climb that without having to hit the button. But that's a minor thing because how do you get around that? You hit the button and you see the path that they want you to take. Yeah. So. I've heard, so we're going to start mixing in some (laughs) of that capital D discourse here. Yeah. And we're not talking about the dumb discourse, like the facial fuzz thing. There was that stupid tweet by someone that was like, why does Aloy have a beard? Because in one of the pictures, you can see facial fuzz, which as someone pointed out, and I fully agree with, because I was my first thought as well. You're telling me that because this game has such incredible graphical power and detail, to be able to render that because that's not just a screen that's in game you can see facial hair on characters in real time in the game Mm -hmm. that's you're complaining about that there that's fucking realistic women have people have facial hair mammals it's just it's have uh, hair (laughs) just go look at like the high quality red carpet pictures of celebrities and we're talking about people who have teams who work on them people who are just beautiful people they have a beautician all these things they have facial hair you know they don't get rid of it because it's normal it's there like it's just we're not so we're not talking about that but we are talking about some of the <laughs> stuff that I, i'm like we're not talking about this thing that we're I not talking about it. let's talk about it <laughs> um but some of the discourse that we've heard is sort of doesn't make sense unfair. or sort of unfair or not objective you know, you can absolutely have things that you don't like about the game for sure. That's sure. You, know, you can have your subjective opinion, but like some of the discourse is stated in this really objective way. Like this is bad. Mm-hmm. One of the things I see that keeps popping up is people think it's so silly that you can see where you're supposed to grab, <laughs> but you don't have to. That's literally a feature. Like as you right, mentioned, right. you click in the joystick and it will send out a pulse and show you Anything that you can pick up in the environment. Anything Which makes sense in the, in the world because Aloy can use the focus. Right. Exactly. It makes sense. It was one of the things that in the first game that was such a big deal. It was yeah. it was such a clever way to add this unrealistic video game vision to mm-hmm. a realistic setting. And that's how it is. Like if you and, and it's so great that it's a press of a button. Without the button, you can play it as realistically as you want. You can and and the thing is, they designed the world in that way, too. Normally, when you don't have that option in these games, they design the games to be visually communicative. So if you can pick something up, they make it stand out in some way through color or size or outline or something like that. Um, if you can climb on something, they put a little scuff mark or a little yellow banner or something to make you know that you can like. And they did that in the first game oh, I see like a chalky kind of rub against this rock. I know I can grab onto it. They didn't do that in this one. So if you don't hit that that button and make and mark everything, everything looks natural. Everything looks like it belongs in this world. It doesn't look like a video game. It looks realistic. So if you take a screenshot, you can't be like, oh, I know I can pick up that rock because 
look at the way it's shaped or look at the size or anything like that. That rock looks like looks totally natural. Looks like it belongs there. But to account for that, then if you want to know what I can grab, what I can pick up, what I you click the button and you can see all these things. That's a choice. So you're choosing mm-hmm. to hit the button and see all those little climbing markers and then complaining about it. I'm like, what? What are you? What? <laughs> Don't fucking hit the button then. What are you doing? It's it's the same level of complaint as the people who say the traversal is bad. Yeah. I genuinely do not understand that. You can very easily go from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You can fast travel fucking everywhere, practically, with the number of, you know, fire campsites or whatever around the world. Um, What is bad about the traversal? Now, if you're talking about me getting in weird situations where I get myself stuck, that's me going to the extremes as I'm exploring sometimes. Like, oops, I wasn't supposed to fall in that little crevice, right? But apart from that, and my being cursed... (laughs) <laughs> it, there's there's nothing bizarre about the traversal in the game yeah. and if you don't like walking or running you just override a creature and fucking go gallop off into the sunset so i don't understand that right and the the first game i think more specifically got a lot of complaints about traversal but i still didn't really understand that you can still, still ride disagree. creatures in that yeah. and like you, well, i don't we hear can't... the same things about assassin's creed yes Yes, which like, you also can't just climb everything, right? right? I mean, I think the the little elephant in the room is that there are still people who, for whatever reason, are I, salty about Horizon that it first came out around Breath of the Wild, so they have to they feel like compelled to compare it, and now they're still doing the same thing, except this time around, added into the discourse is people being like, Elden Ring is revolutionary. And pointing out like, oh, there's this, this, and this issue, but it's a 10 out of 10. And then when they talked about Horizon, they're like, it has this, this, and this issue, which sometimes there are parallels between the two games. And they're like, and that's why Horizon gets an eight. Right. Okay, bro. <laughs> Show yeah, me your bias. Eurogamer gave Elden Ring a five out of five and Horizon mm-hmm. a three out of five. And one of their big complaints about Horizon was that it doesn't bring anything new to the formula. That was one of right. their big complaints. And then right. in Elden Ring, they're like, it doesn't really bring anything new to the formula, but it's great. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? What are your, you know, and, and a lot of people, and we've talked about this before, will point to reviews and say, well, they're subjective. They're subjective, but they're not presented that way. They're presented more as objective. Here's a number. Here's a yes. quantitative number that goes along with my argument that this game is, because you're not saying you like it or you don't like it. You're saying it's good or bad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're making more of an objective claim than just i really liked it and that's where we see those things that don't match up those unfair comparisons like the breath of the wild thing we were both annoyed when that came when that whole thing came out because we're like they're two vastly different games yes and i love breath of the wild my favorite zelda game i thought it was a great game but people at the time even were like this is going to revolutionize open world games all open world games from now on are going to be like climb everywhere do everything and I will say Assassin's Creed did seem to pick up on that because starting with Origins, you could climb more. You could just look at a rock face and for the most part, just kind of climb up of it, climb up it. You didn't have to look for little handholds, but not all games did that. And I hate no. that we still hold them to that standard. I don't There's necessarily want that. a practical reason for it. Like how many hours does it take to make the entire world climbable and is it actually worth it? 
I think it can be. I think it works in Breath of the Wild. It's great. I mean, they added a mechanic to make it to where you just can't climb because you have stamina or whatever. So they added it to where it's like, well, I can't climb everywhere because you have stamina or when it's raining, it's slippery. I get that. And I think it can work. But I also like that traversal is in part part of the gameplay. It's part of the mm-hmm. challenge and the puzzle of it. That traversal in Horizon, and we said I said this with the first game, is more like Tomb Raider. And that's fine. That's what I want. I love Tomb Raider. I love exploring those tombs. Tomb Raider would be less fun to me personally if I could climb anywhere. No, I want to be thinking about what ledge I can grab onto. Where am I supposed to jump? Am I supposed to jump and grab onto that line and then swing over to this other platform? That's a part of the environmental puzzle and the environmental storytelling. And I want that. And I think the first Horizon was like that. So I'm glad they didn't completely give that up. Because in a lot of places, that's what you have to do. Like in the cauldrons, it's not about climbing everywhere and just getting from point A to point B. It's a it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle, yeah. It's the thinking yeah. about, okay, well, where can I jump? And am I supposed to jump there? And if I jump there, where can I jump then from there? So, what I, Ultimately, what we're getting at, though, is that, like, why is there this need to compare yeah. when they're different? So Breath of the Wild, a different type of open world game than Horizon Zero mm-hmm. Dawn. Horizon Forbidden West, a different kind of open game than Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah. And that's fine, people. Yep. I'm not going to shit on exist. any of those yeah. games. They can all exist. But it's like people have to be competitive for whatever reasons. I would like to say, though, I think that Gorilla has done a very fine job with this new franchise. And I think that they have done a, a damn fine job in maintaining Sony's quality of exclusive content. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, people talk about like killer apps. I don't think it's, back in the old days, you had a killer app. You had one game like a Halo or mm-hmm. a Mario or something that was like the game that drew everyone to your system. I think Sony has been so good. And again, we're not fanboys. Like we're playing Halo at the same time. Like we love yeah. games, period. I want um, access to all the things. <laughs> right. But but Sony is not like PlayStation is notable for trying to have a stable of killer apps, not just one or not just two, but like coming out regularly with these big solid titles. And I think I mean, Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. you know, this I thought Days Gone was really good. It's probably not my favorite PlayStation game, but, you know, it was I thought it was really solid. Definitely right. better than speaking of discourse, like the <laughs> launch discourse gave it credit yeah. for. Um, but yeah, I think they've done, they've done such a good job. Some of my very minor problems, like, like I said, I don't really have like a major, any major problems. I love the gameplay graphics story so far has been really good mission, all that stuff. I don't need a game to be revolutionary to go back to that. Sorry to get back on that. But I keep seeing people say that like, or hear people say that on podcasts, like, but it's not doing anything new. I hate that video games Sorry, I was getting on a soapbox, but like video game discourse is always centered around it has to be groundbreaking. It has to be groundbreaking. Why? Oftentimes the games that we credit like Elden Ring is not groundbreaking. Everyone keeps saying, oh, yeah, it's just a Souls game. There are minor things you can jump now and like a few small things. From what I understand, there are a good number of quality of life things. Right. That's great. It's the best. But that's not revolutionary. Right. Exactly. And who the fuck cares? Even if it is, it or isn't like (laughs) part of the thing, these games get bigger 
and require more people and more time to make in mm-hmm. part because we have this expectation of, well, the next one has to do something different. And it's like, right. why not just do the same thing or not the same thing, but why not just do it better? Make you know? it the best iteration of that thing. Right. You know, the the people that are like, well, I'm I'm burnt out on open world games and I'm tired of these big games because I don't have time for them. Yeah. That's not Forbidden West's fault. Yeah. That's more of a <laughs> it's more of a you problem. Right. Right? Like if you want a quality open world experience, I would say turn to a game like Horizon Forbidden yeah. West. If you're playing all of them, all of the open world games that launch in a year, yeah, I'd probably be, I'd probably be tired too. And and I think you know, we've talked about this before, but it's all about choice, right? Mm-hmm. If a game is well designed, then you have that choice. Yes. A game like Cyberpunk, which has plenty of problems, but that story can be beat in twelve hours or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like, like that. A pretty quick the game the story for Horizon, if I had been rushing through it, you could probably beat it in twenty, twenty five hours, I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? But in both of those games, more so in Horizon, you have way more that you can do after that you can beat it if you don't have a lot of time if you want to just get through the story you can beat it in a, in a pretty moderate amount of time but if you want to make it a hundred hour game you can do that too to oh, me yeah. that's pretty good open world game design when they require you to do things that are going to make that game a 40 or 50 or 60 hour game and you don't like that that's fair you can be like then yeah. i'm not going to play it i'm not going to finish it i think that's yeah, you know a bad choice um, but it's it's frustrating to me to hear that constant complaint with a game that comes out like a new Assassin's Creed or something and people are like, it's too big, it's too bloated. And it's like, but they literally give you the choice to not partake in that stuff. So it's just like right. with the climbing, you're making that choice and then complaining about it. You could mainline it, but you want to do these other side quests. So what does that say about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. just again, and, and especially if you mix in potential for bloat with microtransactions yeah then i tend to agree like if you're intentionally bloating a game making it so i have to grind 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 but hey let's dangle this carrot and make it faster i don't think that's good game design right i would much rather have games like ghost of tsushima and games like horizon forbidden west where it's a full game it's a complete game they're not jerking you around Mm -hmm. spend as much time as you want yeah for sure. But uh, I did interrupt myself. I was getting ready to talk about some <laughs> some small complaints that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just a few of them. One of them. So I love the climbing in general. Like I said, I like that I have to think about where I'm climbing. And if I want right. to, I have a way out. I can hit the little thing. But there are times where it just fails me, you know, where and having to redo th- something is really kind of annoying. Like there's this one set of ruins and you pull a box out and you set up the box and you get on top of the box and you jump toward this pole and you have to grab the end of the pole and I would line myself up perfectly and jump and I just wouldn't grab it I just like slide off of it Mm. that has happened more than I like it's not I wouldn't say it's frequent or common but every time it happens and I have to go like around or swim through a bunch of water and climb back up and try it again I'm like that's it should be a little bit more forgiving again that's not Mm -hmm. a normal thing Um, another small thing is the like you have to stand at a certain angle sometimes to talk to people yes you like walk up to them and you're like they're right in front of me go and aloy's like "Mm, it's not just people it's going up to campfires and and items yeah yeah Yeah. 
um, it's got you got to be at like the right little area right in front of it facing it and it's like that's that's kind of annoying um sometimes when and you said and it's so it's so interesting that we're running into like different some different issues yeah. you, you said you didn't really have a problem with this you have like a nice fancy surround sound system so maybe that's it but when Aloy talks to herself which is frequent I would say like 40% of the time I can't understand her or hear her which giving Ashley Birch a lot of credit she's one of the best voice actors in the business for sure done mm-hmm. some great voice work in other games she does a great job as Aloy I love her as Aloy um and I think it was a choice on her part but she sort of mumbles and like she the way that she delivers her lines is very breathy kind of like an in an anime style and when that's lost in like the sounds of the world I'm like running along and like a whatever like a dinosaur is attacking me and she's like yeah, I think I should probably go over and check that thing out. I'm like, what did you say? What? I can't hear you. Like, I, I, it's like, it's a very like hoarse whisper mixed with mumbling, and it's a little hard to understand. I forgot um, to ask you, and I haven't looked at this. Can you do any rebalancing with the audio? You like, can yeah, you, you know keep what? You hers might... up and then lower the environmental. I might be able to. Maybe I will have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I and agree. Then... You shouldn't have to, but yeah. But I think that's a, I think that's it in terms of. But see, that's pretty minor stuff. That's really yeah, incredible. You know, minor, and yeah. and I want to say if this is not your game, or it is your kind of game, but it didn't quite hit. That's that's totally fine. fine. It doesn't have yeah. to be a ten out of ten for you. Yeah. Like I said, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty careful about the things that I give a ten out of ten, and I right. very much say like here are some objective things and here are some subjective things, right? But. I don't think that the game is deserving of some of the, I'm going to say, quote unquote, criticism that has been like lodged against it. Which isn't much. You know what I mean? It's gotten tons of praise. You know what I mean? It's it's got like a 89 or 90 on Metacritic. But Mm -hmm. those reviews that we see that are three out of five or whatever, 80, you know, something like that. It's like, eh, you know, I I just don't understand the, the, the reasoning behind some of the criticisms. More and more, I don't give reviews much credit. Yeah. And I base, and I mean, live streaming has changed this for me. If I'm uncertain about a game, I watch someone play it. Yeah. Because how much closer to the experience can you get? Yeah, for sure. I, I do think we should probably talk about diversity. You sent me a yes. message a couple of days ago and you said something like, the representation in this game is, and I think you used a little mind-blowing emoji. Like, tell me what you meant in that. What I meant by that was just as far as, I mean, you already touched on this, but with the NPCs, so many different people being represented and they look like real people. From my position, of course, as a white person, um, they don't look stereotyped. They seem genuine. They seem real. Like you said, they seem like they're based off of actual like people, faces, bodies. And so just because of that, like we don't we don't really see that in other games or we haven't seen that very much in other games. So even having that feels like a good step forward. Um, I won't say that the game is perfect by any means, um, but, you know, I saw someone complaining that the representation was unrealistic. 
And so that's kind of been my my um, running joke as I play. And I like we've had Taylor and over and like tears are watching me like something will happen. I'll be like, well, that's unrealistic. That's unrealistic. (laughs) They didn't like how many um, people of color were in the game because that's unrealistic. White like, men. Have you only ever been in like a small town where there's only white people? Like, right. Get out of that bubble, bro. <laughs> right. White men are the minority in this game by far, which is an interesting choice. But the other thing is, like in media, it's refreshing. It's refreshing, <laughs> and like, and that's the thing that's frustrating is like, name another game that does that, you know? Right. Because and the people that will complain about it and be like, oh, it's the stupid woke culture and it's too diverse. It's it's like <laughs> there are every other the reason that it's so shocking to you is because no other game does it like that. And unfortunately, when it comes to representation, what often happens is some version of tokenization where, yes, we'll have representation. Yes. We'll have two black people. One of them will we'll be this type of black, black person. people and we'll kill them both. Right. Or like we'll have two black people. It'll be like one of this type of black person and one of this type of black person. And it's right. like, Very you're still, yeah, you're still using stereotypes and stuff. Um, this game has many different types of black person, black person, black people, because there's so many of them. There's so many people of color and women and not even just color and ethnicity, which we talked about, but like age. I've yeah. and again, not just yeah. one. I came across one of the um, uh, council members or something, and it was this older woman and she was depicted as being strong and capable Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we don't even mess around with age men of course kratos other examples men can age in games just like in society and still be considered strong and capable and attractive there are not a lot of games out there and this is one of the points for uh what's that playstation exclusive that you played for playstation 5 um returnal Returnal. yeah yeah was people were like wow a a middle-aged woman as the protagonist wow that's so different that's so interesting yeah. This game has like older women who are in their like yeah. 60s and 70s who are still in positions of power, are still warriors, are still capable. And when I came across one, I was like, wow, you just don't see that. And then I came across it again. And then I came across it again. There's not just like <laughs> one example of a type of diverse person in this game. Um, there's multiple of many. And that I think that is really cool. There are also more like body types and shapes although i will say they still there's still this emphasis on like the thin there's a limit right yeah early on i i recognized i was like oh this person's chubby oh this and again it's not like oh but that's the chubby person because they eat a lot of you know what i mean no no they're it doesn't they don't don't make any mention of it it's not a part of their characters character traits at all and if they're not it's i don't think that they're avoiding it they're doing like the i'm colorblind thing um, I think it's just it doesn't matter in the context of that world of their position. Um, again, they're a blacksmith or something, and you know it just makes sense for their character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you the, said, definitely different body types. Yeah, yeah. There's not quite as much or the same level of um, representation as far as like gender and sexuality. Although there are references in like side stuff of like. Um, there's like there's this one quest where uh the like sister kind of like jabs at the brother and is like oh that guy over there is cute and the brother's like stop it you know um and i think that there is sort of like a gender bending character not a lot of attention is brought to like the queerness but on Mm -hmm. the one hand it i don't know 
on the one hand, it's like, oh, so you you don't feel like you have to bring attention to it because then it can feel like, oh, this is just tokenism, right? right. On the other, what, what's the line between that and making it too subtle? I don't know. There's definitely a lot of queer coding that, that, um, oh, I was going to say pastor. She's a chaplain. That mm-hmm. chaplain definitely queer coded, right? Like she just definitely seems like a queer character, but there's no mention about her sexuality at all. Right. At least to the point where I'm at. And I feel like there's a, a good handful of characters that are like that. And so, like you said, maybe it's too subtle, but I guess I would also say that it makes sense in this world. Like they don't, there's not a lot of discussion about sexuality and relationships and romance. Your character, Aloy, is fairly aromantic. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's a couple right. of guys who are like, hey, baby. And she's oh, just yeah. Like, They're like, <laughs> she's like, I, I am not interested. To do. Right. So, I literally need to save the world right now, bro. Right. Get off <laughs> Please, Sun King yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there's one um, mission where our friend Taylor was over and it was the side quest and there were these two characters that were bickering and Taylor was like, they're fucking gay. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> right. So definitely, yeah, there's that that queer coding. Yeah. Um, we should talk a little bit, we're wrapping up now, but like we should talk a little bit about some complaints or some criticisms that I think are valid about representation. So mm-hmm. just like with the first game, there have been some criticisms about what would be called appropriation of like native culture yes. and you know not only like headdresses and Mm -hmm. face paint but like just culture in general and i guess i'm slightly disappointed that that wasn't addressed here because part of what i think was valid so back you know when we played the first game my thought was that you know again absolutely acknowledging my privilege and i probably am not seeing this from the same perspective Mm -hmm. but i was like well but it kind of makes sense because like this is thousands of years in the future and of course we're gonna revert back to some of our more quote-unquote and this is i understand this is problematic in and of itself but like tribalistic characteristics and we're going to start relying more on handmade clothing and handmade artifacts and armor and stuff like that so some of that's gonna probably look similar but from what i understand like there's stuff that's like straight up taken from native culture and in this game particularly zulu culture like Mm -hmm. the face paint thing it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know that culturally again i think i can see that happening thousands of years in the future we might start using things to mark our bodies you know tattoos paint and things like that to highlight certain things about our culture about our ways of life our beliefs about the world things like that but from what i understand some of them are taken straight from existing zulu tribes or zulu people and so that that is icky right it's like and and you knew you did it in the first game so why are you doing it again, man? Like, yeah. So I I do room for growth, right? Right. We can say, Hey, there's people of color. That's amazing. And there's some queer representation, but we shouldn't blow that out of proportion because they're not getting this stuff. Right. Right. They're trying and they're making great strides, but, and and the thing is, (laughs) I also have to acknowledge, I haven't researched this. So, in theory, because one of their excuses with the first game was, well, we did a lot of research. We didn't have any consultants, but we did a lot of research. And it's like, but you can see now why that, why it, the hiring of the consultants is what we keep I talking about. I am over game devs being like, we did our research. Yeah. Like, the, okay, 2022, what do we keep hearing? Well, I did my research. Well, yeah. I did my research. No, you fucking didn't. Hire someone. Hire pay people right. who know what the fuck they're talking yeah. about and also who 
have lived experience. Like, come on, these are major companies. Right. Because that person might say, yes, this is appropriate. Great, go for it. But they might also say, I think it would be disrespectful to use exact markers. Mm -hmm. So why don't you come up with your own creative interpretation of what that might look like 4,000 years in the future or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's all all it is. It's just consultations, just someone checking in and being like, this is not cool. So... Um, again, but you know, game devs do need to be challenged. Yeah, and you know, even again, when they're doing do well, that. lots of yeah. things to applaud Gorilla for in terms of represent representation and diversity in this game for sure. Yeah. Um, but if this stuff is true, because like I said, I haven't researched it, so mm-hmm. and I am not definitely I'm not going to sit here and claim any kind of expertise <laughs> about Zulu culture. Um, but if it's true, if the if the criticism that I saw stands, then then yeah, yeah. it definitely needs to be addressed. Call so. them out for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do again, problems, small problems aside, criticisms aside, I, I love this game so far. I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Like I said, I'm only 30% through. I'm definitely going to get the platinum. I can't wait to see what happens in the story. Um, what are you looking forward to in the next horizon game? This is going to sound dumb after what we just talked about. Okay. (laughs) I want better representation. Number one. That is a must. That's a right. requirement. Because next time around, and then add go to it. Yeah. significant steps forward. Yeah. It is 2022 right now. <laughs> Come yeah. on, game industry. So that's one. Two. <laughs> this is so dumb. I want better weather. It's kind of pathetic. Like all of a sudden, rain. I'm right. I'm spoiled by Red Dead, where it's like the sky gets like i'll be doing stuff in red dead 2 and all of a sudden i'm like oh shit it's getting gray and then a storm rolls it's very natural right it's violent yeah it's violent it's not that in this game it's like here's your sheets of rain i was hoping that like there would be a significant variation in the water but it looks like mostly what they did was they pull in color from what's underneath the water so it's not this natural like shifting in like the hues of like the water. Like an Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it all looks very samey. So yeah. there's room for growth in the environment as well. That's yeah. such nitpicking. But like when we know what these games are capable of, I'm like, I want more. Well, I especially want more you realism. Love weather. And I yeah. love weather. <laughs> and when we saw the trailer, there was like the big funnel cloud. And I yes. was like, oh, tab, there's going to be fucking storms. I know, right? And granted, I haven't explored the whole map yet, so maybe there are other biomes. Because one of the things I love about the first game and this game is the subtlety with which it moves from biome to biome. It feels very realistic. Yes. And yes. I love how distinct they feel as well. But I have not gotten, I've gotten rain maybe once, and it was a light uh, rain. I could barely tell it was raining. But mm-hmm. multiple times, big, dark, swirling clouds overhead. Like, I look up, and it's literally, like, swirling, and I'm like... Oh my god, fucking storm coming and then nothing. So, right, right. Um, At one point I ran straight into like a are they still called dust devils? I think so, yeah. Small dust yeah. storm. It just it sounds weird weird saying that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I ran like right into a dust devil and I was like, Oh my god and then it didn't do anything to me and I was like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So you want her to like put her I arm want up more and like rock in her face. Weather, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I don't know if I want. Part of me wants like an offshoot game because I've heard some people saying they want the next Horizon to be more like Mass Effect, where you can have relationships and stuff. 
that doesn't fit Aloy's, Aloy's I can't say Aloy's character to me. Yeah. And so I want the next horizon, if we're continuing Aloy's story, to be what it is now and just be focused on Aloy's journey. How about this? Number three. Aloy has to take on a young companion. Yeah, you're the young Preferably companion. someone who's not white. And that you can create. And the spinoff is that person. Yeah, and then you can date. Yes. Because <laughs> that's, I, I, trust me, man, we're going to be taught, we have an upcoming episode all about non-dateable oh. NPCs. I, I would love, to, I mean, these, like you, we're talking about, these people look real, like real people. Oh, oh yeah. Some They're of them beautiful are. beautiful and like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. so... So yeah, I would love to have some of those mechanics, the romance mechanics, relationships, but or Gorilla just make us a dating game. Yes. There you go. Horizon Forbidden. <laughs> no, it doesn't even have to be Horizon. It could <laughs> <laughs> just just a regular just, yeah. just a dating app. But yeah, so that that's our discussion. Anything I missed? Anything you want to want to throw in there at the end? Um No, cuz I I don't want to I don't I don't want to hype it much more and i also don't want to edge towards um spoiler territory yeah uh there are things that i think i want to chat about with you once you've finished the game um i'll just say overall i really enjoyed my experience with it i'm not done i plan on you know getting platinum um this is one of those games where because i've completed the story and i felt like the pressure kind of subside Mm -hmm. a little bit i can like put on a podcast or i've been watching like um streams of people playing elden ring as i'm going about and exploring the world i i love that in games and i know some people are like wait you watch something else while you're playing a game like i'm not shitting on the game at all like there's i want to exist in that world yeah i like multitasking and so i'm like i really want to watch this stream but i still want to spend more time in horizon you know so like i don't know ultimately like how many hours i'll put in the game but I'm going to guess it's going to be in that like 80 to 100 range. Right. Um, and that's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I want to explore everywhere. I can't wait to get back to it. I'm probably like you said, I when I last week when I was editing the podcast, I was trying to play. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. I was too distracted. But now <laughs> I'm to the point where I'm doing a lot of just little side missions and exploring. And so I'll probably listen while I'm editing. And we're probably going to be talking about it again. It's going to come up in our what we've been playing episodes for the next few episodes probably um so we'll talk more about it but yeah hopefully you enjoyed our discussion of horizon forbidden west if you want to enter our contest for that code again just email us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com if you want to do more than say hi you can share your your thoughts on the game did you love it did you hate it give us some thoughts what we're saying what's your favorite dinosaur what's your favorite side quest stuff like that um, you can find us on social media, on Twitter. I'm at Losperman. Tab is at Random Mox. And uh, listen again for future giveaways. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll Bye. talk to you later. Bye.